the same thing that someone looks at as like a weakness, one person look at as a strength, and they'll figure out how to use that to their advantage. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ podcast. Now, let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Hey guys, what's going on? Justin Williams here. Hope you are all doing amazing. So in today's episode, I thought I would do something a little bit different and play for you the recording of a presentation I gave at this uh, past year's Flip Hacking Live event called The Secrets of the Millionaire House Flipper, where I basically go through and um, talk about the different things that seven-figure and high-level millionaire house flippers do and wholesalers versus intermediate and versus low level or poor, I should say poor, <laughs> house of and as in wholesalers and, and what's the difference. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. Here we go. So this morning, I've been doing so good on my sleep. I don't know if you guys ever hear me talk about my sleep, but during events, I get pretty excited and it's hard for me to sleep sometimes. So I'm doing really good until last night. Just, I think that round table, I don't know, put me over the top, day one of Flip Packing Live. Um, but I'm still good, I got about five hours, but the other days I got pretty good sleep, so I'm good. We've got two more days, we're gonna rock this. Uh, so this morning I threw together, as I was doing some other things, a quick um, presentation. It's probably the ugliest presentation you've ever seen in your life. Uh, black and white, that's, that's about it. Uh, just a few things that kind of came to my mind, some things we've talked about, some things we haven't quite mentioned. Uh, but what I've noticed is over the years, as I have coached many people, and especially in the last couple of years since we started the seven-figure group, there are a few clear key things that all high-level business owners, income earners, investors, householders, wholesalers do. Um, and there's some very clear things that not quite so successful people, investors, business owners do. Uh, so I wanted to point out a few of those. Some of you guys have listened to the A Minute Millionaire podcast. And we started that podcast, uh, we haven't kept up with it the best, but we started that podcast a few years ago with the intention of, we just realized there's a lot of people out there that just don't, um, they, they didn't, their, their mind, if, if your mind is right, as far as, the belief of what is possible. Like if you can work on mindset, I know mindset's kind of a boring word. Oh, mindset, kind of boring. But if someone can make a million dollars, if someone can make $10 million, someone can make a billion dollars, like someone else can do it. It's just limiting beliefs really that we have going on in our mind. So it's my belief that if you can learn how to think like a millionaire investor, you will then do the actions of a millionaire investor. I'm not talking about the secret, just like believe it and it arrives, right? I'm saying truly think and, and believe in the principles and apply those things, then the results will happen. The thing is a lot of times we see people up here on, on stage or, or just on Facebook or different things and we see the success they've had and we think, man, that looks, that's like exciting, that's sexy and, and, and it, yeah, it is once you, are there, like in this moment, like this is, this is cool being here with all you, it's exciting. But there's a lot of like dirt that you go through to get here, right? There's a lot of crap that you go, it's like the day to day, right? It's not, it's not all that simple. Uh, but anyway, I thought I'd just write down a few notes. I did this in the middle of the night, so I don't know if it's coherent or where it's at, but just some things I wanted to make sure that we, we bring up before we bring on our, our next speaker. Sound like a plan? 
Cool. So poor investors make excuses. They always figure out why something can't work for them. You guys have heard me talk about the yabbiters, right? So I went to the seminar after I was up on a panel. It was my first time experiencing this. I'd never been on stage before that in, in, in like a real estate manner. And all these people were coming up and telling me excuses or reasons why the business would not work for them. And they were all different. And the weird thing is a lot of them um, disagreed with the, it was like this same person's reason for why it wouldn't work was the, uh, for example, one person would say, there's too many investors in my market. And the other person would say, there's not enough investors in my market, right? Someone else would say, um, there's too many foreclosures. And someone else would say, there's not enough foreclosures. Because I was doing, we were doing short sales at the time. And it was just thing after thing. Someone else would come up and say, oh, only if I was in California. And the other person would say, only if I was in New York, right? And, and they were literally, one was in California, one was in New York. And they wished they were in the other place. And I hear this time and time and time again. Like, there are certain people that no matter what you tell them, the next thing that will come in their mouth is, yeah, but it doesn't work for me because of blah, 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 blah. And <laughs> what I found is high-level income earners, high-level investors, they figure out how to make it work for them. Always. They figure out, how am I going to make it work? Not will it work, how can I make it work? I was at the, the roundtable discussion last night, and someone mentioned, I must have stepped out to use the restroom or something, but I think one of the speakers yesterday kind of spoke to this. Did they? Was that, is that correct? Yeah, anyway, no one remembers. <laughs> um, but yeah, they basically, some people, the same thing that someone looks at as like a weakness, one person look at as a strength and they'll figure out how to use that to their advantage. So seven-figure uh, investors, millionaire investors, millionaire people in general, high-level people, always figure out a way how to make it happen. And the truth is, uh, perception is reality. So the way you look at it, like that's gonna be real for you, okay? So always find a way. Number two, education. Poor investors or people in general don't get educated. And I say educated, I'm talking about um, like this kind of education particularly or education in general. Average investors look for the cheapest education and stay stagnant. I call this the bigger pockets mentality. <laughs> I don't have a problem with bigger pockets. I don't have a problem with, well, I do a little bit. You guys know I do a little bit. If I'm being totally honest, no, I'm just kidding. Um, there, but there is a lot of good things that you can, you can get out of a community like that. But the whole mentality is like, oh, don't pay for anything at all, right? And I understand that mentality because unfortunately there are a lot of gurus and shady people out there who do take advantage of people in situations. Uh, but at the same time, what's happened is there's been a shift from people paying for high-level education to people not investing in themselves, not investing in education, and not wanting to pay anything or wanting to pay very low amounts. And they stay stagnant. You guys have also heard me talk about real estate investment clubs, right? I love real estate investment clubs. Some people accused me of not yet, right? I got some here. I actually invited some, some real estate investment club members to. Uh, owners to come out to the event. I love that. That's the first thing I told Stephen he needed to do. However, uh, I have gone to some real estate investment clubs that I was there like a, 10 years ago, and I'll see the same people sometimes doing the same things, or I'll see 90% of different people. Um, so it's great, but sometimes you've got to surround yourself. It wasn't until I started surrounding myself with very high-level communities, high-level thinkers, and I was willing to invest in my time and my education did I recognize that there are differences, okay? And a lot of times people will stay stagnant where they are, 
you guys have all heard the phrase, what got you here won't get you there. So certain things are great at a certain point, but you have to continue in that progress. And I'm constantly always looking at how can I challenge myself and not stay comfortable, because we're all afraid of, we don't love change. As, as human beings, we fight change. But if you aren't changing and progressing constantly, you, you, uh, you're done, right? Um, so don't stay stagnant. Invest in yourself. Uh, find the best education that you can. Um, okay, cool. They also, well, they also understand that good education is the best return on your investment that you'll, you'll get anywhere. Is, is Michael Green here? I know he had to take off. Did he take off already? Okay. I mean, he was sharing with us, and he's a very high income earner. He spends at least 10%, if not more, of his income every year on, on education. And he's a pretty smart guy. And I think that's a pretty good uh, rule of thumb for, for most people. Is my time up, John? <laughs> Just kidding. This thing's bleeping up here. So my time's up. Hive effect. Who's familiar with hive effect? You want to explain it? Because I, I can't explain it. I know what it is. <laughs> I know it has to do with bees. And I know like bees like kind of just start communicating in a way where they all like understand what's going on or something like that. I actually, the way I learned about this was, um, anybody seen the movie Monster Truck? Lamest movie ever, right? <laughs> My son was turning 11 or something. We had some friends over. We watched the movie on the projector screen. And oh, I thought this would be a good show for 11-year-olds, and it's pretty bad. But there are these monsters that come out of this lake or something, go inside of this, these trucks that are monster trucks. Oh, get yeah, uh, uh. And the way they, they communicate, just by being around each other, they learn naturally uh, without even talking. They just learn, and all of a sudden, one can drive the monster truck just as good as the other one. Anyway, it's kind of weird. But having that been said, the humans are the exact same way. If you are around a certain group of people your whole life, chances of you being like those people, very similar to those people, are very high. That's why it's like people are amazed when someone, you always hear about the, the one person who came out of the slums, you know, because it, it's rare, right? So the number one hack you can do in life if you want to be successful is be around other successful people. It's like, I mean, it's, it's not rocket science, right? You guys have all heard the average five people that you spend the most time with, that's who you're probably gonna be like. So poor investors, it's simple. Poor investors hang out with poor people, <laughs> poor investors. And I say it not just poor, like money-wise, like the mentality is what I'm talking about, right? Um, average investors hang out with average in investors and millionaire investors um, try to spend time with other millionaire investors, seven-figure high-level uh, investors. Model others, uh, poor people are entitled and think everything should be given to them. Average investors try to do, figure out everything on their own and seven-figure investors learn and model from others. Tony Robbins said, uh, if you wanna learn how to do something, find someone who's doing it and copy them, <laughs> right? You don't need to reinvent the wheel. It's not rocket science. And our business is great because, who, who in here watches Shark Tank? Great show, right? Our business is great because I don't need to come up with this brand new idea and go raise you know, several hundred thousand dollars from all these different people who have a very good chance of losing that money and I'm gonna take it, risk it all on this thing that's a new concept and no one knows about. Um, you know, Marcus Lemonis talks about three things, people, product, and process. The cool thing about real estate 
is we already have the product. The product has been proven time and time and time again. You guys are here in a meeting with lots of people who are doing this business with the same product on a very high level, and they're here showing you exactly how to do that. That's very rare. You don't find that in any other business. Because if Uber was coming up here and doing a seminar and teaching everyone how to create Uber businesses, like that's not good for them, right? But it works in this business. Um, so it's a very uh, modelable business. Like, recognize that, take advantage of it, don't take it for granted. Speed of implementation. Um, this came as a part of a lot of our conversations last night. A couple of the questions people were asking me, I'm like, the question you're asking me is not really the issue, it's, it's a mindset thing. Uh, I was being asked things like, and, and I'm not, I don't mean this to call anybody out, so don't, please don't take offense to this. Um, but I was asked the question like, well, what happens if I hire somebody? So something that hasn't happened yet, right? If I hire someone and then they go out and take advantage of like little old granny and then their family finds out and is mad at me. I kept saying, remember who was saying, what if, what if? So I was like, okay, so what if that happens? What's gonna happen? What if that happens? And then the final thing was like, then my name will look bad. Okay, so the true concern was he was worried about his name. And then the truth is, none of that is even a concern, right? Because if someone on your team did take advantage of someone at a some, some certain time, Mike, are you going to find out about that? You're, you're not going to find out about it? No, yeah, you're going to find out about it. It's not going to be an issue. Like, don't make issues issues that aren't issues, <laughs> okay? People worry about 85% of the things we worry about like, never happen. Like, don't worry about something until you have to worry about it. Then deal with it then, okay? Same thing with when I started really scaling my business. I got to a point very quickly where I would not even analyze or look at a house at all. And now I don't look at them at all, but at that point, until it was under contract by someone on my team. Because it didn't matter. There was like all this legwork and hours and hours of work that would go into marketing, sifting, making offers, paperwork back and forth. And I wouldn't even look at an offer until it was under contract. And that saved me so much time. But so many people are like, well, what if they get a bad house under contract? What do you do? You say, hey, this doesn't work. That's not the goal. You want to train them the right way from the beginning. But if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like, don't worry about things that haven't happened yet. Hear it all the time. What if I can't get the capital? What if? Right? Right now you aren't doing anything. So get your butt out there, do some marketing, make some offers, create some systems, and then go get the capital. And you know what? If you, if you got one deal, like you don't, somehow don't get the capital, even though there's tons of people with money, that's, really it's because you didn't ask enough people once you had it under contract, or you don't have many connections with many uh, buyers, which they're everywhere. But if for some reason you run out of time, guess what? How much closer are you now to your goal? Way closer, okay? That, and that, that same concept can go for building a team. Whatever level you're at, the same concept applies. Speed of implementation is key. Um, I take very quick action on things. This presentation was made this morning and here we are, right? <laughs> Tomorrow I'm probably going to, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a little bit later I'm going to talk about the seven-figure program. Tomorrow I'll probably talk to you about, I, so I made this decision right now to talk to you about even telling you I'm going to tell you this, right? Tomorrow I'll probably talk about the six-figure program. Mike, do you know what the six-figure six program is? The, the new one? 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know yet. I'm going to figure that out later today. <laughs> Kyle came to my came, came last night um, to, to my room, and he's like kind of freaking. He's like, yeah, okay, we don't have this form, uh, and I don't know the six-figure pro program. What are you going to do with that? I'm like, I don't know yet. <laughs> I'll figure it out tonight. Um, <laughs> speed of implementation, right? Uh, you guys turned me on to the book. Uh, what was the book you really like, Mike? I'm sorry, I keep picking on you. Um, procrastinate on purpose. Mike's like, I don't read your mind. I don't know what it is. Procrastination on purpose. Procrastinate on purpose. Great book. Because it rationalizes that I can procrastinate and it makes sense. Okay. You guys ever heard of? Um, shoot, I can't even remember any of these laws. What's the law that says that the the amount of time will expand to whatever you allot to it? Parkinson's law. That's right. Thanks, Justin. Parkinson's law. So. Whatever amount of time you give to a task is the amount of time it's going to take. When I did my very first uh, presentation for a real estate investment club, I prepared for seven months. Um, where's Daryl and Imran? Are you guys here? Maybe they aren't here today. So I recently spoke at SDIC. Who, who goes to SDIC? Oh, oh. How long do you think it took me to prepare that presentation? So yeah, I gave it a little bit of thought right on you know right before I walked up there, and did it go well? Yeah. Richard, you said something to me. You're like, man, you're really like. What did you say to me afterwards? <laughs> Rich, Rich invited me to my very first real estate investment club. That was, thank you. Um, no, but you said you, you're like really in your zone. Like you're really. I'm like, thanks, man. Um, so anyway, I'm not saying to procrastinate everything. We did put a lot of preparation like into this event. Obviously, you have to do certain things, but you have to know the things that you have to do far in advance. And then other things, you have to allow them to wait. And it's not that you allow them to wait because you're being lazy. It's because you're being efficient. I can't tell you how many times. The reason why that one presentation took me seven months, 90% of it, so it probably took like a couple hundred hours. But 90% of it was me just redoing stuff because things had changed and all these different things had happened, right? Um, a lot of you know, those, those of you who presented, I didn't say months ago, hey, tell me, send me your presentation, send me exactly what you're doing, because I knew your business was going to change and I wanted you to deliver the most relevant content to this audience. Okay, I may went off a little bit of a tangent there. But yeah, speed of implementation is, is huge. Batch your time, but implement within short periods of time. Imperfect action. Focus. Focus will make you rich. Okay? Making money should be boring. As entrepreneurs, we are naturally creative. We always seek out new things. I have the curse as well. I understand. But there must come a point where you start to get a little bored. Okay? And what I mean by that is you have some systems and processes in place that are working and they're predictable. Okay, if you're going from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing, you're never going to get traction. You may be putting as much time and effort as, as this guy over here, but this guy put it in a certain focus and he's gonna be much more successful than you. There's a million ways to make a million dollars. Focus on one of them and do it until you're successful. 
I didn't start educating until I was seven years into my business. It was systematized and I was only working five hours a week. Then I thought, hmm, let me, what else can I do? So it doesn't mean you can't do multiple things, but you've got to focus on one thing until you're successful. Way too many people keep putting stuff on their plate. Another thing we hate to do is we hate to say no to additional things, right? It's, it's like a, a curse of humans. We're like, yes, uh-huh, uh-huh, more, 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 more. But they don't take things off their plate. They just keep adding, adding, adding. And before you know it, what happens? The plate falls and everything crashes. So you've got you to really focus in. Laser focus is, is key. There's, I'm so guilty. There's probably like three or four projects that I've taken on in the last couple of years that we had to cut. Um, I could, I could, I'm just laughing thinking of what all of them are. Um, but you got you got to focus. And that's why we're having the success that we're having, because we focused in. Loss versus leverage. Poor investors focus on what they are losing from paying others, and seven-figure high-level investors focus on what, they, what others are helping them make. Okay? So I, see, I hear it all the time, or I could see it in people's eyes. You mean, I have to hire a contractor, but I'm losing money. No, you're not losing money. <laughs> because now you're going to go do 10 houses instead of one, and even though you're paying this person a small percentage of that, overall you're going to make a lot more, you're going to be a lot happier, and you're going to change your life. Same thing with commissions to agents. Same thing with paying employees. Like, don't focus on what you're losing. Focus on what they are helping you get. It's a very different mindset. Society teaches us to focus on what we are losing, but focus on the return that they will, they will give you, the leverage that they help you have. Everyone heard the biggest building mentality? Um, there's some people that will go around and they see someone with a big building, and if they want to have the biggest building, they've got to go knock down that person's building. But high-level people, they focus on just making their building bigger and seeing, oh, that's a big building. Wow, I want to be like that. I want to do that. Um, so poor people, I would say, look down on the success of others and allow it to bring them down. And high-level investors, they, they celebrate it. They're happy for that person, and they try to see how they can model it and achieve and be ele elevated by it. <clears throat> so I think this is the last one. Is this the last one, John? Cool. Build the machine. Okay, and this is what you guys have heard time and time again while we're here. Poor investors uh, don't take action or they make the wrong kinds of action. Average investors exchange time for dollars and believe they have to do everything themselves. Seven-figure investors focus on return on time invested, create systems that will work around the clock. So you guys have heard a lot about that. You'll continue to hear more about that. If you will build the machine, it will pay you back tenfold. All righty, where's my man Gino? Where you at, Gino? Come on up here, ladies and gentlemen. Gino. <laughs> you ready for your presentation? Yeah, yeah. Totally, re totally ready. No, I'm, just I'm, I'm glad Justin let me know 47 seconds ago that I'm <laughs> up here. So we were talking last night. Um, and you shared some pretty cool things with me. Do you want to share with everybody? Yeah. Just the success you've had recently? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, I'm, I'm fairly new to the group. Um, seven-figure group, right? Seven-figure group. I um, just 
joined early July, end of June. So I'm in the first trimester still, for those who have kids. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was just sitting down with uh, Justin yesterday because the more you guys can get around some of these higher level guys, it's only going to bring your game up. And so I use these events as a tracking to see where me and my business is. And pre-July, pre-joining Seven Figure Flipping, I was averaging about 45, 50 deals a year, but I was doing all the work myself, mostly, um, working 60, 70 plus hours a week. I don't know if some of you guys are doing that. And so since our last meeting in Michigan, uh, two big things have happened. Um, one, my income about two and a half to three times what I was doing before. Uh, so, and it's not like I was just making $2,000 a month and I got the six. <laughs> um, it was closer to... <laughs> He's a humble guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, no, I'll just tell you. Um, my, bus my, <laughs> my business averaged about fifteen to 20000 a month. Uh, I primarily wholesale. And this month we'll do... 36 to almost 40, depending on, you know, sometimes the deals spill over into the next month. But, awesome, man. Yeah. And, uh, Round of applause. <clears throat> uh, but the coolest part is not just the income. I've, I've got six kids, so that's wonderful, right? I can take another one to college. <laughs> right. You're a good man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. <laughs> John's on it today. I love it, nice. man. John, later on, I want you to teach me how to use that thing. That's there you go. Tempting. But the coolest part, is, I live in Central Florida, so I am looking for Floridians in the room. So, uh, there oh, there you go. One. Uh, One's yeah, wearing yeah, yeah. a like, banner. All right, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking. Because that's my next um, step in the business is to expand. I'll be quick. But the coolest part is um, when Hurricane Irma and all that hit, I literally packed my family up and went to um, D.C., Baltimore, New York City for three weeks. And I had a big slice of humble pie because the business kept running even better without me than with me. And so, <laughs> I mean, it's not what these guys are saying from yesterday. It's 100% doable. And um, I met some of you guys yesterday, and I think we're going to have some competition, healthy competition coming up. So, uh, Friendship. There yeah, you go, and friendship, friendship too. So I'm a, <laughs> living, some friendship in there. I'm a living testament that the systems here work, uh, but you get out what you put in, so go for awesome. it. Awesome. Give this guy a round of applause, guys. Hey, we're right here, man. Bring it in, bring it in. Thanks, man. Love you, bro. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that presentation. If you would like to become a millionaire house flipper or wholesaler and think you have what it takes to be in the Seven Figure Flipping crew, go ahead and go to sevenfigureflipping.com. Our next event is in less than one month away uh, at Pensacola, the beautiful Pensacola, Florida, where our man Bill Allen runs uh, his seven-figure house flipping and wholesaling business, and he is going to be heading it up, bringing on his, his team, and we'll also, of course, uh, you're going to meet all of the other eight-figure flipping members and seven-figure flipping members. Uh, basically, you get to be with around 100 of the country's most successful uh, CEOs of house flipping and wholesaling businesses. So if that won't get you to the next level, I don't know 
what will. So go to sevenfigureflipping.com. We cannot wait to have you be our next seven-figure success story. And we will see you in Pensacola, Florida in less than one month. Yeah, yeah. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your, your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.